I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Here's a word for you, cheating. (laughs) Cheating. Julie, what's your experience with cheating? I've actually never cheated or been cheated on. That you know of. That I know of. (laughs) Good point, good point. That's probably a really great thing. My experience with cheating has evolved through the years because the definition of cheating changes from relationship to relationship. And I realized that before you get into a relationship, you should probably identify what cheating is. Very true. So why we're talking about this topic of cheating is because have you heard of a site called Ashley Madison? You probably have. (laughs) It's a dating site as well as an app dedicated to mostly married people who are looking for affairs. 
And they had a scandal back in the couple, 2015, a couple yeah. years ago about revealing the identity of some of their members, which was uh, huge because the whole you know selling point of the site is that there's discretion and anonymity and privacy, but that really compromised everyone's privacy. The people at Ashley Madison have agreed to talk about one, the product and their site, and also referred us to some of their members on why they use the site, how they've used it, and what has been the outcome. So this episode is dedicated to cheating and Ashley Madison. First, we spoke to Paul Keeble, the chief strategy officer at Ashley Madison, to just get a general idea of what the product is and why people use it. So Paul, tell us a little bit about Ashley Madison for anyone who may be unfamiliar with the site. Ashley Madison is a site for married people to have affairs outside of their primary relationship. And we've had more than 60 million people join the site since we launched in 2002. So is it primarily a website or app or both? So we have both a mobile website as well as the mobile apps. Primarily, people tend to use the mobile website because mm-hmm. having an app on your phone leaves a little bit of digital lipstick, which is mm. something we try to avoid as much as possible. I was going to ask that because I feel like normally apps are more popular. But in yeah. this case, I could totally see why you'd want to go back and like log in somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Digital lipstick. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> that sounds very risque. So as a chief strategy officer, I'm just guessing that a lot of your work is kind of demystifying affairs and Mm -hmm. cheating and removing the stigma around having an affair because on your website and all, all of your messaging, it's always about two consenting adults, two consenting adults. So what are some like the major challenges that you currently face? So you're right. The, the, the bulk of my work is really trying to talk to people like yourself and, and to your audience and try to help them understand really what is happening in the world of infidelity. You know, my job isn't to go out and try to convince a happily married person to have an affair because no 30 second commercial or an amazing interview on the best podcast out there is going to do that. But before you make a judgment based on what, you know, Hollywood has told us that what infidelity is or what your religion has said, let's look at the data. And because we have data that no one else has, we can really talk about it. And one of the biggest myths out there is that, you know, it's only men cheating and they're just a bunch of horny married guys looking to cheat on their wives. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's equal amounts of women on the site and they are in fact the ones who are cheating for sex more so than not. Men are cheating for emotional reasons. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I would have thought the opposite. Yeah. Sure. Why is that the case? Well, we had some work done recently with Dr. Alicia Walker out of the University of Missouri, and she focused her first uh, study on why do women cheat? And what she found was that the majority of women that she interviewed, who were all Ashley Madison members, were either in sexless or orgasmless marriages. Mm. They were otherwise happy and or content with their spouse. So they weren't looking for a divorce or, or un- otherwise unhappy within their marriage, but they were not willing to live a life you know, with this one particular void. So they sought to outsource their sex life via Ashley Madison, looking for primarily physical relationships that would fulfill that either sexless or orgasmless gap they were experiencing. So as, again, <laughs> as someone who works at Ashley Madison, I'm sure it's a little hard to separate your professional and personal life. What does your wife think about you working <laughs> for Ashley Madison? You know, it's a great question. Um, but there's a, a bit of an odd side benefit to working at Ashley Madison, as well as being the number one married dating website in the world also in essence the best or the biggest marriage counseling service in the in the world because if you don't want your spouse to come to Ashley Madison it's probably best to listen to why do people show up here so you can help avoid that so I get to learn mm. why all the different men and women come to Ashley Madison and hopefully learn a little bit about that and take that into my relationship to ensure that both 
of us have open communication dialogue, and so there is no unmet need. So it seems like privacy and discretion are obviously big parts of Ashley Madison and why you would use a site like this over, say, like Tinder, where anyone can kind of see you on the site. I know a couple years ago, back in 2015, there was a scandal with Ashley Madison that some data was leaked um, through a hacking and exposing married cheaters kind of all over the world. How has uh, Ashley Madison kind of come back from that? And what other ways are you guys taking precautions to keep that privacy? You know, obviously, we, we had to take time and, and look at, you know, what did we want to be as a company? Who did we want to be coming out of those events? Despite all the, the negative aspects of what occurred, we still had a core group of people who were coming to our website on a daily basis. I mean, right now, it's more than 20,000 people a day. But what we had to do to earn their trust back, rebuild the framework was start from the beginning. What does security and privacy look like? Those are, the, those are two different things. I like to tell people it's a bit of a Sisyphean task if you're into Greek mythology, because security is not something that you hit a checkbox and it's done. It's something we have to approach every day. So we have you know, new technologies. We have a whole new security team. They also have the belief now that security is part and parcel of everyone's job here from, you know, who's coming in the front door to who do we let, you know, have a profile on our membership. So, you know, I can't obviously uh, give you the whole blueprint. What I can say is that we, you know, take it far more serious and we have the right people in the right places to ensure that our members are getting what they want when they come to our site. Right. And then what are some of like the ways the site is built to ensure like privacy when you're like using it? So obviously, with discretion being core to our, our, our experience, members have complete control over who they share their profile with, what images and what communications they have with them. So we have obviously what we call public photos. That might be your standard profile photo, but you can blur that, you know, use lace masks to obscure, you know, who you are. But on top of that, we have private showcase photos where you can put images that are going to be more personal to you that you might want to share with someone as you sort of build a rapport. And what we allow members to do is share those images by a private key. And when they're finished, you know, having conversations with that person, whether it moves on to the next stage or not, you can remove that key and take your photos back from the individual. And that allows a lot of personalization and control over the experience both men and women have at Ashley Madison. You know, for a company where the tagline is life is short, have an affair, how do you navigate the criticism regarding the subject of morality? I think some people would argue, aren't you promoting affairs and infidelity when people could avoid that and just go to counseling before they have an affair? Well, I think that's uh, a naive sort of viewpoint. As I sort of said earlier, you know, we couldn't go out and convince someone to have an affair if they're in a happy marriage. That's not really what's occurring here. What we're trying to do is tell people, look, this is going to happen whether Ashley Madison exists or not, because I am fairly sure there were affairs prior to, to our existence. And if for whatever reason we were no longer to be around, it would still occur without us. But what we do know is that affairs can have negative consequences beyond just the implications to your immediate family. You know, we saw the CEO of Intel was forced to step down from his job because he had a mm. workplace affair years prior to being promoted. And while it was two consenting adults having that affair, the company was so scared of the implications of that, they forced him to step down. So we know that workplace affairs are not safe for work. Having an affair traditionally there is where it's been our biggest competitor or, you know, sometimes with your neighbors or maybe a family member, sister-in-law, brother-in-law. And, you know, these all risk far more 
than having an affair with an anonymous married person who's outside of your social work spaces. And so that's really what we're doing. If you're going to have an affair, do it better, have a successful affair, and don't get caught with Ashley Madison. And here's a funny conversation we had over the weekend. We were telling a friend of ours that we would going to interview people from Ashley Madison. And she and she's like, Ashley Madison exists? She's an actual person. <laughs> and we're like, no, no, no. It's, it's people who work for Ashley Madison, the company Ashley Madison. So I guess that brings up the question, where did the name come yeah. from? Why Ashley Madison? No, it's a really great question. I think the founders were also under uh, a few of the myths that people had about infidelity when they went about making the business because in their own heads, you know, they thought, oh, we have to make this super female friendly in order to attract women to the site. Otherwise, you know, we, we're not sure they're, they're going to come here because they were a bit under the belief that maybe women don't cheat as much as men. Uh, and so what they did is they chose two of the most popular baby names, 2001, which Ashley <laughs> and Madison were two of them. And that became uh, our branding. I wonder if there is someone else. I mean, I'm sure there's an Ashley Madison oh, out there. Yeah. Probably a oh, ton yeah, of I'm sure they get teased a lot. <laughs> Another question for you about just like the site overall. It's like people have like usernames. Like how do they kind of like remain like anonymous while being on the site? Or do they just use their real names? Yeah, so, so the most part, people use uh, usernames so they can obscure their identities and, you know, not reveal it to their potential affair partner until they've sort of vetted them in a way that says, you know, we both have the same likes. We're here for the same reasons. Our timetables and schedules sort of meet up. And so, yeah, you'll have all sorts of really unique usernames. People will do all sorts of different ways to communicate and help them stand out within within the platform to ensure that when people are browsing in their city that they, you know, look like a promising affair uh, partner. Got it. And I assume people aren't doing like Facebook connect or like some of the ways that people <laughs> no, so like a lot of different dating sites and a lot of different social platforms. Look at my Instagram. We don't connect to any social properties. You're not going to be sharing your profile. And we do not sell any of our uh, members information to third parties. There's no advertising on the Ashley Madison platform. Mm. So, you know, what you're getting is a really clean experience and allow you to focus on finding that potential partner. That's so fascinating because it's so opposite from any dating site yeah. where you know almost too much about someone. Yeah. You can like just Google them but on <laughs> Ashley Madison. You actually can't, which brings up the question um, is, has there ever been an occurrence where someone ended up chatting with their actual spouse? You know, I, I've had that asked me a lot of times over the years. I've never heard of that instance happening. I'm sure it's a remote possibility, but you know, through the vetting process, most people would probably, you know, either get one or the other would get alerted to maybe there's an issue here and they would step away. I have had people who've met and ended up coming married via their relationship with Ashley Madison. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're talking to one of them later yes. a couple like that's that amazing. later from working there all these years what's kind of like the one thing that you've learned along the way or has surprised you you know i was also under the belief that you know men were going out to have sex for the purposes of sex and so i found it really surprising that you know women were you know looking for very specific physical interactions with no emotional connections complete opposite of what my belief was and then just the diversity of people that show up at a place like ashley madison i have had very high-ranking po- politicians that was just show up mm-hmm. on the site and I've heard their stories. I've had people from all ranges of socioeconomic levels on the site and their experiences, you know, in the beginning it shocked me because they were so different from what I've come to understand or believe. Now it doesn't surprise me, but it's vastly interesting every day to hear the stories from our members. Yeah, I think it just goes into the fact that there is no one image of someone who has affairs or mm-hmm. cheats because it could be anybody. Right. They come in all shapes and colors and sizes and all that. Absolutely. Then we spoke to Isabella Mice, the Director of Member Relations, who's collected lots of data on why people are on the site, how they're using it, and why they're using it. 
So what types of people join Ashley Madison? Our core business offering really is discretion. So that bright light of discretion really does attract a wide range of individuals. But I would say primarily, you know, we are a married dating site. So it is typically our core constituency is you know, married person seeking another married. That being said, we obviously attract, you know, different types that so we do have singles on our site and they're looking for more of a casual setup, which is why they're looking for married people to date. There's not that expectation of something more. And then lastly, we have people who are looking for more open-minded dating experiences. So polyamory and that type of thing. Mm. So we actually have couples on the site together uh, who are in an open relationship. And what is kind of like the split of like singles versus married people? I would say, again, we are primarily married dating. The majority of our members do fall into that category. And I would say age range is usually around you know 30 to 45 um, is where I see the, the biggest membership rate, especially who I talk to. So they are people that have lived a life. They are people that have realized that life is not uh, the fairy tale they were sold. Marriage mm-hmm. is not that fairy tale story. So they are looking for something very different than they uh, were looking for earlier in their life. So let's say in their 20s, where they sort of believed in that grand ambition of love. So it's interesting you say that the majority are people who are in monogamous marriages and some are, are polyamorous. What would be the percentage makeup of the people who are in non-monogamous marriages? Difficult to say an exact percentage um, because you know it's, it's changing every day. But I would, again, say it's not the majority. We're a married dating site, first and foremost. But that said, people come on and off our site and they come on and off at different life stages. So we might have someone that's come on while they're still married. And then a year in, they, maybe they've opened up their marriage or maybe their partner knows now, or maybe they're now going through a separation. And so people come on and off, again, through those different life stages. But each step of the way, they are just looking for that discretion piece. And I think also to find someone that is like-minded, right? So we say all the time, we're probably one of the most honest you know, dating websites out there, which seems <laughs> funny because we are an infidelity website. But really, the people that come to our site are so transparent from the get-go about what their situation is, what they want. There's no false pretenses is, is what draws people to our platform. And then what's the split like men and women? So when I first started here two years ago, one of the first things we actually did was we brought Ernst and Young in to do a full audit of our membership, specifically because a lot of people didn't think there were much women cheating, right? Didn't think there was as much women on the site. And so we, again, in an effort to shine a light on the reality of infidelity, we wanted to to really dispel that myth and um, show what was really happening. So Ernst and Young came in. And in their report, they revealed that we had a pretty balanced gender ratio, uh, 1.13 active females for every uh, one active paid male. So more women than men. And that surprises people. And, you know, I'm obviously a woman myself and I'm uh, in my 30s. And so I have not entered into marriage yet. But I I think I definitely had some preconceived notions when starting this job. And I, I just thought men primarily cheated and women were primarily the ones getting cheated on. I've certainly come a long way uh, in opening my eyes to the reality. And you know, we have women on here and they're very, very direct about wanting sex. And they're very pragmatic in their approach of vetting sexual partners. Quite frankly, they report very little guilt for what they're doing. They feel entitled to you know, having their sexual needs met. You know, I was having a conversation years ago in New York with a a girlfriend of mine who was cheating on her husband at the time. 
And I said to her, I, it's very rare for me to meet a woman who cheats. And she's like, no, no, no. It's not that more men cheat is that less women get caught cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's certainly, um, stat out there that by Esther Perel, who's a very Uh um, well-known, uh, Belgian psychotherapist who's, uh, focused on infidelity. And she said that rates of female infidelity have gone up by 40% since the early nineties. Whereas rates of male infidelity have remained relatively static. And, you know, I don't know that it's more women, like you said, are are actually cheating, but I think more women are coming forward now and actually speaking about it because they just think there's a lot less consequences. So when you say, you know, women are just better at concealing it, I think because historically women have just faced a lot more consequences for having an affair. You know, their kids could have been taken away from them. Um, They were financially dependent on their spouse. Uh, Whereas now, you know, obviously women are much more active in the workforce and there's just a lot less consequences they're up against. And I think that's why you're seeing more women not only, you know, cheat, but um, forward about it, talk about it openly, about stepping outside their marriage. It's very interesting to see. And the way that society sees a woman who cheats versus a man who cheats is so different. If a guy cheats on his wife, you would think, oh, of course he would. You know, even if he's married to Halle Berry, he's going to cheat because he wants something new. But if a woman cheats on her husband, people would think, oh, he must not treat her very well. She must be lacking something <laughs> yeah. in that relationship. So we we have kind of a double standard when it comes to cheating. That is so true. What about sexual orientation? So there is obviously an option, uh, male seeking male, female seeking female on our site. Again, I wouldn't say it's our core constituency, but there's definitely, you know, that uh, portion of our membership on the site active. All types. A lot of people say like, what occupations are more likely to cheat religion, you know, places around the world. You know, we just released our top city list. It's not just people in big cities cheating. It's not just people in suburbs cheating. I think there's not one place that's immune to it. Cheating is a universal behavior. It's exactly before our platform came to be and it'll be around long after we're gone you know it's just something that's one of those universal behaviors and I think as you know we become more open to talking about monogamy and the challenge that exists within monogamy I think you're going to see a lot more people moving forward designing their own rules around marriage and what monogamy means to them but with that said and I've been thinking about this for a while and correct me if I'm wrong but it feels like the membership base what draws people to Ashley Madison the excitement of cheating it's the blurred profiles. It's mm-hmm. not knowing who the other person is. It's also doing something that is kind of like not you know, kind of morally not right for some people. And they find that exciting. So as a society, and we see in some of the bigger cities where there's so many different configurations of non-monogamy, when these relationships really take off and as these numbers increase, do you think that's a threat to the Ashley Madison membership base? Because it makes cheating no longer that exciting. No, I don't, I don't see it that way. We, you know, because again, we have a lot of open couples on our site. And even with them, they're still so concerned about discretion and keeping mm. it between them only because I just don't know that we're there yet. I think there's a fear of judgment. Um, yeah. you know, so they don't even tell their best friends that they're in an open relationship. You know, they just, there's still a, a bit of a t- taboo around it. Yep. Taboo. So I think people come for discretion and I think there is still going to be value in discretion, even if there is more of a shift towards conventional non-monogamy. I could also see like it being a place where others were looking to date you. Like if you go on Tinder and you're in a marriage or you're in a serious relationship, there might be people on there that aren't interested in that because they just want to meet someone else yeah. that's unattached. So if they come here kind of by default, they're open. Right. If you're a married person going on a single dating website. 
you know, that invites a lot of potential problems. Um, mm. But again, you can just be who you are here. And it's a lot, I think people feel a lot more comfortable with that. And they know, lastly, that they're going to meet like-minded people. So people that are looking for the same type of thing that they're looking for. As someone single that isn't married right now, how has working at Ashley Madison kind of adapted your views on marriage? Uh, I also get that question quite a bit. And it's really interesting because I didn't know what to expect when I took this job. And obviously, all of these types of things crossed my mind. In an interesting turn of events, I think it's made me more optimistic about marriage. Interesting. I think the reason for that is I get to speak to people every day and hear their pain points or hear where maybe things didn't work out a certain way and, you know, kind of those challenges that they encounter. So I feel like I have a much more realistic viewpoint about marriage and monogamy. And I think I have a lot of really helpful lessons I've almost learned from other people just who have already experienced that. I have a a better sense of what a a successful marriage could look like. And I feel more empowered to design uh, a monogamy agreement that works for me and my partner when I do decide to get married one day. That kind of makes sense because we interviewed someone who was a divorce lawyer. Yeah. And he told us that through all all these cases, he learned how to have a successful marriage. Right. So it kind of makes sense to see some like having the data points of what makes a marriage work. We're just playing around with a couple scenarios. Just quick question for you. Through all the data you've gathered, um, has there ever been a scenario? I'm sure there has actually, but people ended up chatting with someone they already knew, like a neighbor or their kid's teacher. So I don't have any um, specific example I could point to based on my experience here. Not to say that that hasn't happened. Um, I just couldn't really point to a specific example. And then what about, do you have any um, data around what percentage of people end up getting divorced or splitting up from their spouse? Unfortunately, we don't. There's really no way of us being able to (laughs) get that type of information. Um, Anecdotally, I've spoken to members who have uh, chosen to end their marriage um, after spending some time on our site. But there's a lot of people that use their site and it supplements their marriage in a really positive way and, and they will report that it's actually helps them stay married. I guess it's just the one thing that's kind of surprised you over your time working here. The number one thing that surprised me is people who are happily married uh, step outside of marriage. Uh, before, I only thought people who were unhappy in their marriage or looking to exit their marriage would have an affair. But it's actually people who consider themselves happily married and want to stay with their partner. Fascinating. Can't wait to talk to someone like that. So why do people cheat? What is the science behind cheating? That's why we spoke to Dr. Tammy, a certified sex therapist and a licensed couples therapist and the author of several books, including The New Monogamy and Why You're the One Who Cheats. We are very fascinated by this whole conversation about cheating and infidelity. Why do you think people cheat? (laughs) It's such a broad question. Like, I think there's so many reasons that people cheat. I kind of put them into a couple different categories. One, I think people cheat for what I call can opener affairs, which are a way to get out of a marriage or committed partnership. So a can opener is sort of like, I really don't want to be married. Or I don't want to be in this relationship, but I don't know how to get out. And mm-hmm. so an affair seems a good way to blow the whole thing up. Do you find that with people that are like have children or some of the other obligation more than ones that don't? I find women do it more than men. They sometimes do it before they even know they want out. Mm-hmm. So they're cheating and it's kind of like swinging from branch to branch. They're like, oh, maybe, maybe I do want out. I just didn't even know how to say it. 
And now that I'm in an affair, I realize I really think my marriage is over. It's also sometimes a way to make the other person break up with them. Mm. So that's a can opener. What's the other category? The next one is really the wake up or break up affair. Like this could be the wake up call that we really need to say, how the heck did we get here? And, you know, I've had couples in my practice as a therapist that have said, this affair could be the best thing that ever happened to us. So that's kind of like the wake up, we're headed for trouble. Our marriage has been asleep. Our relationship wasn't going in a good direction. And now we have a chance to rewrite the whole history of our marriage practically by defining it in a different way. You know, sometimes you need kind of a, a big catastrophe or a crisis to say, do we really want to be together? And if we do, we have to create a whole new marriage because this is not working. I think it can be a way to wake up your marriage for some people, not for everybody. So in both of these scenarios, there is something going on that's not positive in a marriage. And that's when people explore outside the marriage. Do you find that there are also circumstances when two people are perfectly happy and they still seek out extramarital affairs? You know, there's studies that say people cheat even when they are having great sex, even when they're happy in their marriage. I don't think it's ever about the other person. I have to be honest. I would never, ever blame the person who you're married to. Because if you're cheating, you are not looking necessarily to be with someone else. You're looking to be someone else. Hmm. So, ah. you know, it's really about you as the cheater. It's not about, with all due respect, the person that you're cheating with. And it's really not about your spouse. It's totally about the part of you that you are becoming in your affair, like the part of you that you're bringing out in the affair. And for whatever reason, you feel like you can't be that person in your marriage. That's about you. And it certainly is a springboard to talk about what, what's going on. But I don't think that's about the spouse. That's super interesting. I guess like my question when you were saying some of these reasons, like why just not talk to your spouse about it? Like why say that you're feeling unfulfilled or like you're feeling like you need more in something? Why do you think people turn to cheating opposed to just having that open and honest communication? Well, isn't that the $100 question? Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're the one that's being cheated on. Uh, you know, that's a really good question because I think that if you're the one having an affair, sometimes the opportunity is just too delicious. Like a lot of people cheat. They say that 80% of people cheat because of the opportunity. And if you think that you'd never do it, you may never have had the opportunity or it just may not have been as big of a potential. Like it's, it's really hard to turn down that opportunity when it's in your face. And what I found is that when people come back from an affair and they're sitting in my office and they're sitting on my couch and the person that was cheated on is looking at the cheater and they want an apology. You know, they want that person to say, I can't believe you were on Ashley Madison. I can't believe you cheated with that person at work. I really want you to be remorseful and to tell me that you're really sorry. Most people are really not sorry for the affair. I mean, people don't usually come back and say, well, that really sucked for me. You know, that was terrible. <laughs> they, <laughs> but they really are sorry that they hurt their partner. Yeah. They're sorry for the fallout, you know, they're sorry they were on the news or, you know, whatever happened. But they're usually not sorry for the affair. The affair is the fun part. Like, that's really exciting. It's exciting to be this other person, like, 
you know, someone that you're being flirted with or that you, you get to be a different person online or you get to feel younger or more attractive or sexy like that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fun. It's the crash and burn. That's the horrible thing. And most people don't wake up in the morning and say, I wish I could hurt my partner today. Like most people think they have, they have good intention. Let's explore that for a sec, because we talk about some of the main motivators for cheating. And some of that is you can become a different person, different, live a different life. Mm -hmm. But there's also that kind of like going behind your partner's back. They don't know. It's, it's really a kind of a no, no society looks down upon it. There's stigma attached to it. That also makes it exciting for some people as well. So if we were to, let's say in society, normalize cheating as some cultures have done, I know in France, they really see cheating as a normal thing. And I also see that when I, when I worked in Beijing for two years, it's very common for like one of my friend's fathers who's in their 60s to move back to China from the US and take on extramarital affairs because like you say, Dr. Tammy, the opportunities arise because these younger women want an older man to take care of them. And two, it's a status thing. If, right. you, if you're an older man and if you are at a certain status, you got to take on some mistresses. And that's, you know, wives are just kind of like accepting that. So as, as we normalize cheating, do you think that makes cheating less prevalent? Well, I that's such a good question. Like if you could cheat and it was allowed, would you cheat? So there's two things going on there. Like if you were in an open relationship and your partner was like, go ahead, do whatever you want. It's not really cheating. Right. Yet if it's in a situational environment where everybody's doing it and you feel pressure to do it, it's really about your own personal integrity. Like how do you define your own integrity? How do you feel about yourself around cheating? Because cheating, I define by three things. You are having an outside relationship with someone who's not your partner. You are having some kind of sexual contact with them, whether it's online or maybe it's a sex worker or maybe it's just through a webcam or sexting, but there's some kind of sexual thing going on. And then the third part is the dishonesty. So, you know, it really depends on how do you feel about keeping secrets or lying to your partner, or some people feel like it's just, this is my private life. So there's a whole piece here that has to do with privacy versus secrecy. If you're, if you're in a culture that says, well, this is just my private self, it's a totally different thing than here in America where we're like, no, that's a lie. I mean, we're in San Francisco Bay Area where polyamory and open relationships, like ethical non-monogamy, where essentially you take out that dishonesty factor has been kind of on the rise. Like, have you seen this in other areas? Like, how has this like changed cheating? Well, I want to be clear that even if you're in a polyamorous relationship or consensual non-monogamy, you can still cheat. Yes, we've I mean, seen that. You can go out with, with, for coffee with someone who's not in your poly pod and mm-hmm. not tell anybody in that that's a form of dishonesty. So you might be cheating on everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you're just cheating on more people now. (laughs) Cheating on a whole new level. Yeah, exactly. I mean, dishonesty is dishonesty. I think what we're really looking at today is a new kind of monogamy where you can, you can have open sexual behaviors. You can look at porn together. You can have emotional affairs. You can sleep with other people. However you define your monogamy or your relationship or whatever you want to call it today, I mean, monogamy just means being married to one person. So you can define your 
uh, open sexual behaviors or your relationship in any way you want. But once you go beyond that agreement, you have to re-up, like you have to redo. So I think the only thing that we can really look at as a baseline is honesty. Like I think monogamy is a choice and you have to choose every day. And am I going to be monogamous today or not? Like some days are much harder than others and some days suck and some days you don't do well, but you can choose. But that doesn't mean that you can't choose to be non-monogamous. You can choose to be in an open relationship. It is a choice you have to make every day. Like you don't just choose once at the altar to be monogamous and it lasts forever. Just like you don't choose once to be non-monogamous. You have to re-up all the time. I mean, we renew our driver's license a couple times, you know, every couple years. That's a good point. <laughs> also, I think things change. Like, I mean, I've mm-hmm. talked to friends. Totally. This is like, currently I'm looking for a monogamous relationship because I've dated enough and I want that. But in 20 years when I've been married to the same person, who knows what I'll feel. Totally. I don't, exactly. Relationships are developmental and so is your monogamy. The typical profile of an Ashley Madison member is someone who's married, seeking extramarital affairs. And we spoke to a guy in his 50s who's been married for 25 years about why he's using the service. Tell us about your experience on Ashley Madison so far. Been for the most part really good. That it, it is a way to meet people who are in similar circumstances to mine, where there's you're married, but there's reasons that you're not divorced. Actually, more or less met with three people, only one of whom I've had sex with. You know, actually, I've uh, made a couple of nice friendships, and we swapped texts and emails, and you know, it's just a way to connect with people when you have odd circumstances. At least in my world, you are currently separated now, but while you yes. started on Ashley Madison, you were still married. Why kind of go to Ashley Madison opposed to being separated? Both kind of were pretty close in, in the time frame. The, the fact is that because I'm separated but still married, it's it's not really easy to go out and date or anything under that scenario. So for me, they've kind of gone hand in So once your marriage dissolves, do you think you would move off of Ashley Madison and go on to like a more mainstream dating site? Probably if and when. Um, I, I, I might. You know, actually what surprised me most about Ashley Madison, I will say, is that from my experience, just a lot of people trying to figure out where they're at in life. I mean, we're just alone and in circumstances that don't make normal dating easy and um, are, are just looking to connect with another person. And Ashley Madison is a unique platform for doing that. And I think there's an added layer to this in your introduction, um, your background. It says that your wife isn't interested in ending the marriage. So it sounds like you two are still kind of figuring out your own marriage on top of you know you having affairs on Ashley Madison. I mean, I'm very clear that I, I thought... You know, actually, if I took it slow and took my time and, you know, let her get used to the idea of divorcing, that she would come around. But she's just threatened to make the experience just horrible for my kids and me. And with that said, I'm I'm not willing to spend all the moments of my life alone either. And you're currently in a relationship with someone you met off of Ashley Madison, who is married, but has no plans of getting a divorce. How is that relationship working out? Actually, you know, we, you know, dating, whatever you call it, I guess it's dating for eight months, maybe now, not mm-hmm. something like that. 
nine months and then we text a lot we get together you know several times a month and going really well i think for both of us i mean th- there's the odd question that always lies out there you know if we both got divorced would we actually you know still want to spend time together was it more convenient because of ashley madison mm-hmm. and i actually don't know how to answer that question got it and you mentioned that there were a lot of people you met up with that you didn't have sex with and you just kind of met for companionship i could definitely see that being actually a draw there too if people like you mentioned are kind of in the same situations that with an unfulfilling marriage or whatever it may be. Can you kind of describe yeah. some of those situations a little more? Sure. So one of them is a, a woman who's maybe, I would say she's 10 years younger than I am and has a couple of young kids at home. Again, she's very described it as a, you know, sexless, touchless marriage. And But on the other hand, it's not as though she fights for their husband. They, they, they make really good roommates is how she's described it. And they have two young kids. And so there's the financial incentive of staying married. Right. There's the, you know, the child rearing together incentive for her. But she's just so lonely. You know, we've just sort of our stories about how we got here and every you know, text and talks every once in a while. But I, I don't think at this point she's at all interested in anything physical. She just really needs someone, you know, that she can talk about the good because Right. It's almost like a support group because you're all on this platform for similar reasons. So it's mm-hmm. almost like you have that empathy built in already. Right. Have you ever met someone from Ashley Madison who was perfectly happy in their marriage? I have not. I mean I you kind of read that in some profiles and you get the sense that for some people it really is just about you know they're just looking for more physical connection with people and their marriage is just great i mean you you certainly see that in profile you know i guess that's not what i'm interested in to be honest if i really just wanted to go find a whole bunch of sex i mean there's bars yeah, there's Tinder for that. Right. Like you kind of want to, or you want to seek out someone that has a similar experience, it sounds like. Very much so. And I, I also would say that any relationship I've ever been in, it, it always begins with, let's be friends first and then talk about the other thing. I have no interest in just random, you know, mindless, you know, sex. Maybe, maybe once or twice. <laughs> I want to meet someone. I want to have a connection. And then if it, if it becomes physical, that's that's not where things start in my, my life. Do you still believe in marriage? That's a tough one. And actually, I've wondered that. Certainly not right now. I, I'm pretty angry and bitter about that. There's something wrong with marriage if you go years upon years without ever being intimate. And when you want to talk about it, it gets nowhere. And you, you know, I'm just totally fed up and tired of that part. Would I ever think of marriage again? Maybe. First, I have to get over this one. Yeah. <laughs> right. First things first. Speaking of profiles, what do people tend to put in their profiles? I get, um, let's start with yours. What are the important points that you put in your profile? Yep. So in terms of mine, I, I thought a lot about it. And I, I was very clear that, that I am separated, that if and when I become friends with someone, I'd be happy to share sort of the, the whole story. Um, it's not as though I feel like I have anything to hide, but on the other hand, so on Ashley Madison, in my profile, I talked really a lot about that idea of friends before lovers. I talked about, you know, there's a story of how we get here. You know, I share a little bit of my story, you know, kind of a, a hint so that maybe people get the sense that it's genuine because I think that's what a lot of people on Ashley Madison are looking for is just a, a real story with a real person. And then I, I, you know, for me, part of the playfulness is I do like to write like, sappy romantic poetry and so i you know and i like to give long back rubs and so i I talk about you know kind of that part of it too that so for anyone who's never been on ashley madison what is a typical profile 
look like? What are the standard questions? I'm thinking for any other dating site, it'd be your age, your height, your um, occupation, a little bio about yourself, and also what you're looking for, relationship, just a hookup, you're looking for a long-term monogamous marriage, whatever that may be. What does a typical profile look like? It's time to take a quick break and talk about your mental health. Do you feel like there's something preventing you from achieving happiness? Now with BetterHelp, you can experience online counseling and connect with professional, credible, and compassionate counselors in a safe and private online environment. BetterHelp's counselors specialize in depression, relationships, trauma, and many other areas. Everything stays confidential, and you can always change your counselor. With over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states, and your choice of communication modes, including text, chat, phone, and video, BetterHelp makes it easier for you to find help. And we generally think of therapy as costly, but BetterHelp is truly an affordable option. For Datable listeners only, get 10% off your first month with discount code DATABLE. You can get started today. Just go to betterhelp.com slash datable, fill out a simple questionnaire to help assess your needs, and get matched with a counselor you'll love. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash datable, and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. Now back to the show. What does a typical profile look like? So it's a lot of the same types of things. So it's... um. It's certainly age and it's uh, weight, actually. Um, weight. And then there's a, you know, sort of what type of connection are you looking for? So like, you know, male to male, male to female, doesn't matter. Um, those types of questions are on there. A bunch of boxes you check in terms of are you interested in one night stands or fulfilling mm-hmm. fantasies or, you know, I think skinny dipping is one. They're just, <laughs> you know, some of are playful and some of them are, are you know kind of real serious guides in terms of where you're going and then there's a section where you tell someone about yourself i would say 70 percent of the people don't even bother to fill that out you look at, <laughs> just like okay, on other dating sites too <laughs> you know basically and the vast majority of people don't put pictures but some do and then there's a private key exchange so if you really want to achieve those pictures most people have some pictures they'll only release to you if they you know get some reason to trust you so you swap mm-hmm. a couple of messages and then you say you know hey do you want to share pictures you know standing on a mountainside hiking or you can send a picture of you naked i mean it <laughs> have you ever come across someone you know i uh no i have not okay that's probably a good thing that would be very awkward and yeah. you're and the, all the profile pictures are blurred out well not all of them i mean you can put a non-blurred out one but i would say 90 plus percent of them are blurred out yes there's also a section which I find very interesting for single people on Ashley Madison. I, I think are your only options on, on there. So they're not like a separated box. I think they should mm. have one. It's not like in a relationship either. It's like married. They're on there looking for, you know, basically Mr. Right, which I always find that wouldn't be the first place to think of going to look. No. And have you chatted with someone who's single? Yeah, actually I have. But just, uh, you know, just a couple of times and that was just, I don't know if they knew what they were looking for. The person is kind of confused, I think. <laughs> and then there clearly are some of the single people are looking for, you know, sugar baby type arrangements as well. That's also pretty clear from some. Oh. You know, I'm in my 50s and I'm getting messaged by people, you know, who are 22. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, no, thank you. But, you know, but, but they're not super interested in a long-term relationship. And that's not who I'd want a long-term relationship in with anyway. That probably happens on Tinder too. 
Yeah, I'm sure. It happens on every dating site. I mean, it happens on Craigslist. Right. Not anymore. This connections is gone. So what do you think is your ultimate goal here? What do you want to get out of this Ashley Madison experience? You know, I'd been in a marriage. I hadn't had intimacy in a very long time. I was separating and I thought, I'm tired of being alone. Um, And I had that brief affair and it was like, oh, wow. This is what actually being with a human being who cares about you is like. Mm. It's kind of sad, but if it's on my birthday, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm just going to fill out my profile. Yeah. That's what I did on my birthday evening last year was fill out my profile. And um, then I sat another week before I even thought about it. And I might go send a message. I filled out my profile. So it was like one tiny toe in the water at a time. And then I sent a couple of messages and got a responses. And a couple of people thought my writing was charming, which made me feel good. And, so my ultimate goal, I, I don't know. Right now, it's you know to be connected to someone. Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first First month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them 
to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? <laughs> There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. To feel that human yeah. connection. Yeah. yeah. Just to feel connected. To, to have a friend. But a friend where, you know, touch is part of the story. Out of curiosity, who in your life knows that you're currently using Ashley Madison? Uh, no one. No one. Okay. I mean, the friends I've met on Ashley Madison. (laughs) (laughs) Other than Ashley Madison herself, (laughs) what is the best case scenario for you? I'm thinking of a few possible options. Let's say your current wife comes to you and says, I'm willing to go to therapy. I'm willing to, to change and become a new me. So our relationship is renewed or she, she grants you this divorce and then you can go on and, and find someone else who has a stronger connection. Yep. So she's done the first thing. Oh, okay. I mean, she come back repeatedly and said, we should just go back to counseling. We should, I, you know, I am so done with that relationship that that's not an option. She wants it to be, and it's not an option um, for me. I'm just done with that. And so either I'm just going to move ahead with the divorce or um, I'll stay separated a while longer and then I'll move ahead with the divorce. But mm. And then, yes, I'll find a connection with someone else. Um, will I do it on Madison? I don't know. But it sure has been, you know, a really nice part of helping me sort of come to terms with where I'm at in life right now, I must say. so. But I also think I sort of used Ashley Madison on my term. I, I took, well, like I said, one toe at a time in the water, and I thought about what I want, what type of person I want to meet. You know, I'm not messaging, you know, dozens upon dozens of people. I've been really selective in the people I've connected with. And it's only, like I said, it's only been a handful of people that I've really had any ongoing connection, but it's been a really nice part of just finding peace in my world. So then we spoke to this woman who is married and she's having a secret affair with someone she met off of Ashley Madison. And we were curious to know what is the expected outcome? Tell us about why you joined Ashley Madison in the first place. Um, Ashley Madison was a site for married people and I was a married woman. So it made sense to reach out to people in the same position as I'm in and need the same anonymity that I needed. And what made you seek out a site like this? I was lonely. I was sad. I was not getting the attention I wanted or deserved. That, that was easy. I wanted someone to talk dirty to. I wanted to, <laughs> to feel sexy. I wanted to feel like a woman. I wanted to feel attractive. You're still currently married, correct? going to say I'm in a much different position in my marriage now than I was when I even started this. How so? How has it changed? Um, Well, I've confronted my spouse, told them what I want, how I'm feeling. 
asked him to start to live life in a different way with me. So I wouldn't have done that without all of this. And what was the result of that? Well, right now, the result is we're waiting six months to see where our relationship goes. Where, like, What was going on in your relationship when you first joined Ashley Madison and what has kind of been resolved throughout this time? We were not speaking. We were not intimate. We were not... Uh, it was six years of no communication, sadness, hurt, resentment. It was just not a happy place. How long were you guys married before this? We've been married for 14 years. Wow. We've been together for 22 years. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's a really long time. Yeah. And I love him dearly, but he wants to live a different life than I do. I want experience. I want passion. I want adventure. I want people. He doesn't. So that's, that's tricky. But why not just end the marriage if it if he wasn't giving you what you wanted? Why go on a site like Ashley Madison? It's about the the contact in the moment. Like you're you're home alone, you're sad, you want someone to talk to. And I've got this beautiful phone sitting right in front of me that is giving me an opportunity to do just that. Why wouldn't I? Like it's I brought positivity into my life by doing this. I brought, oh my God, I brought love. I brought passion. I brought beauty. I've brought so many wonderful experiences into my life by doing this. So, and now my marriage is now having a chance to move forward, whether it's a separation or not. I am on a path of movement. I'm not stuck anymore. I'm not stagnant. And in the six months of this trial period, you're currently having an affair with someone you met on Ashley Madison, correct? Uh, yes. And what do you think is going to happen with this affair in the next six months? Oh, gosh. Any, <laughs> I, I have no idea. Anything could happen. But I care about this person so very much. And he is a huge part of my life and always will be because we have grown together through this as well and shared so much. That's the thing. We, he's there to do the same thing I am someone to talk dirty to, but you also want a connection with this person as well. If you're like us, that's what we wanted from it. So that's why we bonded so easily. And have you played around with the idea of leaving your current partner for your affair partner? Um, Option isn't there for me on his side. So no, it's never Uh even, but do I fantasize about living with him all all the time? (laughs) Do I fantasize about about a, a life with him? Absolutely. I'm in his house all day, every day. So what is the game plan for the six months then, if you are still having oh. this affair and you're moving your marriage forward, whether that means, like you said, to a separation or not, what is that game plan? That is the game plan. To continue to, to be positive and to enjoy my life experiences so that I keep moving towards things that are exciting and fun for me. This call alone is like making my whole day. Awesome. Like, this is too cool. I'm not, I would not be getting an opportunity to discuss something that you can't talk about. My best friends don't know this. Mm, right. My partner, like these, like my life is half and half. I'm in a la-la land all the time. It's a choice I'm, I'm making for myself daily. I'm just going like daily. These are the choices I'm making for me now because they're good, happy, positive choices. And you said your partner, like you guys are working through your marriage, but your partner still doesn't know about we're, No, we're not working through our marriage. I said we've given ourselves the time to work through our marriage. Well, there's nothing actually happening yet. Um, this is just, I've been pushing and I'm pushing and now I've gotten to a place where he's at least in, he's present in the moment. Got it. And I have six months now to to talk to him a little more and to spend time with him and build a relationship. It's hard, but I don't like him. I'm upset at him. I'm hurt by him. Like these are not feelings that are gone. So we have to deal with them. 
because it deserves that. Like my marriage deserves that. My family mm. deserves that. So six months to come to peace with the probably the the end of your marriage. I would assume. Possibly from my perspective, definitely. I've been working towards my feelings towards this for a long time. He hasn't, so I'm just giving him some time to to listen and to see see if he wants to try things differently with me, be a little wilder, a little crazier, and start living life and. Then maybe I wouldn't need the attention elsewhere because that's the truth of it. When you went on that first date from Ashley Madison, after being married to someone for so long and knowing this person for most of your life, it sounds like, what was that first date like? What were you feeling? Oh my gosh. In regards to my relationship or in regards just to the experience in itself? You, just you. What were you feeling? <laughs> for me, when I met, when I met him, I got out of my car and gave him a big hug. I felt like I'd known him my entire life. And he sat in the car with me and we sat for hours and he kept asking to kiss me and I refused to kiss him. He had a really incredible masculine way about him that is what I needed. It's what I wanted. It was good. And we just sat in the car and talked for, that was our first date. And the next time I met him in a hotel room. Had you had an affair before joining Ashley Madison? No. So this is your no, first time never. first time yeah. going outside of your marriage and meeting other men. Yes. Were you scared? Uh, no. I've said it and a lot of women saying it. I hit 40 and I started looking at my life thinking, okay, next 20, next 40, what am I doing? 40 is a long time. I've done a lot in 40 years. I can do a hell of a lot more in the next 40. Living this nine to five life and it's just every day you do the same thing. I don't believe in that. How old were you when you met your husband? I was 19 years old. Oh, wow. So you basically have been together yeah. your entire lives. And I guess that history is also what's keeping that glue together. You're, you have this sort of 100%. history and foundation. It's hard to let that person go, even though you may not want to be romantically right. involved with them anymore. So if, if and when your marriage ends, do you think you would come off of Ashley Madison and maybe try a mainstream dating site? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think I've met a lot of great guys on Ashley Madison, like um, a lot of great guys, guys that are willing to just give you some attention and they don't even want much from you. They just want to like see your boobs or whatever. <laughs> but they, they want to, like, they love those boob pits. They love those boob shots. They'll, they'll still ask for them. I like that because I don't mind that. It's pushed me out of my comfort zone too. I am attractive. I want to be seen. Tell us about some of the guys that you've met. What are kind of been their stories? I've actually met a lot of single guys on there, which is kind of weird. There's a lot of single guys looking for married women. Why do you think that's the case? They don't have to commit to anything they think. Have you gone on dates with the single men or mostly other married men? I've only seen one man in person. Talked to lots of guys online, but I've only met one in person. Got it. And that's the one that you're having the affair with now. Correct. Yeah. What do you fantasize about on a daily basis now? <laughs> what do you find yourself just dozing off and kind of thinking about? I'd like for, this is ultimate for me, to have my partner be someone comfortable in being open with me. Like I would love to stay married to my husband, but to explore other people. And that's just not understood by society as something that's okay. So I fantasize about being with a lot of people. <laughs> oh, so you, for you, best case scenario is you stay married to your current husband, but then you have an open marriage. I wouldn't want to consider it open, but yes, because I'd want him to be a part of it. But if he doesn't want to be, that's his choice. Got it. And do you have children? Yes, I have two boys. So what, so what is stopping you from pursuing this ultimate dream? Is it the societal pressures and stigmas attached to it? I think I'm 
quite involved in in this world of uh, it's adultery, right? I think we should see society's idea of marriage. We're changing. Things aren't the way they used to be. We don't live the way we used to. We can do things differently. And I do think that more marriages can actually and will start to lean towards an open concept. I do. I think getting married to someone who you want to have kids with and build a family with can be different than the person that you want to fuck every week. <laughs> different than the person you want to go out you want to go out dancing with. Yep. Someone who you want to go play tennis with. Like there's a million people out there who do different things and why why do we have to be limited? Why can't we have it all? Is your husband open to the idea of having an open marriage? Not at the moment, I don't think. But we haven't discussed it again. And what do you think his concerns are? He's not a chatty man, so I have to pull teeth to get whatever is in him out. He's a very sweet, he's a very, very kind, very gentle man. And if if I can make him comfortable with me and, and these choices, great. If not, I'm inevitably headed towards a certain path in life. Like It will include other people. So whether he knows about right. it or not is going to be up to whether he can handle it or not. Right. Is he aware of you being on Ashley Madison? No. How would he no. react if he did find out? Oh my God, he'd be devastated. He'd be totally heartbroken. Mm. He'd be very upset. And that's the shitty thing about this is to make myself happy, to feel what I'm feeling, to feel alive again, so, you know, is devastating to someone else. That's, that's not fair. Do you think about that often? Like how? Of course, all the time. How do you balance the two? It's the, the feelings that I get. There's certain connections that you make with people that bring out your, your best. And that for me is worth everything. It's worth everything. I don't think there's anything else worth achieving in life than that feeling right there. Uh, it's, it's hard. The first time you slept with someone other than your husband, tell us about that experience. What was going through your mind? I couldn't believe I was like, am I really doing this? Am I really doing this? Oh my God, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Oh my God, this is happening is what went through my head. I went to a hotel room to see a man. We talked dirty mm-hmm. to each other. So I, I knew what I was walking into. And he's not just we're like, we don't just have sex. He gives me freedom. He gives me a space to let loose and be free and do things I could never do with anybody else. I was happy to ride that train. <laughs> literally and figuratively (laughs) what is some advice you would give to someone who may be in a similar married situation as you someone who's been with their partner for most of their life they've known each other since they were basically kids and now they're in they're feeling lonely in their marriage what would you advise them to do you have to know what you want. If do you, is it just someone to talk to? Is it someone to have sex with? You have to know what you want when you're going into these relationships. You have to be so careful. You can easily be mis- misled by people wanting to, you know, take things from you or whatever. Right? Not everybody's mm-hmm. good. So you have to go in, know what you want, be smart, and I would say take the chance. People getting married off of Ashley Madison? Yes, it is possible. We spoke to a couple who had met each other on Ashley Madison ended up leaving their ex-partners and marrying each other. Here's how they're using the site. Tell us, what were your motivations for joining Ashley Madison in the first place? Well, in the first place, we were both, well, I'm going to speak for myself. I was in a very challenging marriage, and um, it was it was sexless. It was uh, not a good marriage whatsoever. I was talking to a friend of mine, a platonic female friend, who I told her this situation about my my marriage, and she said, "You know, you need to find yourself a girlfriend." 
I thought about it for a week or two and I thought, you know, she's absolutely right. So that's when I um, learned about Ashley Madison and decided to be a member. So for me, way back in the day, I was married and my ex-husband was, I found that he was on Ashley Madison. Oh, (laughs) wait, how did you find that out? Well, we shared a computer, oh. um, you know, the, the back in the days of the old desktops. <gasps> and uh, I, I was on, I don't remember why, but on there and found that there was this link to, or, you know, that was in the history. I don't, I don't think I was snooping, but it was just like, huh, what's this? So I clicked on it. And I remember him talking about it because he was a huge Howard Stern listener uh-huh. <laughs> and they were advertising on Howard Stern. And so I remember like, oh, this is the dating site. Like, what are you doing on that? Oh, I'm just checking it out. I'm like, uh uh-huh. <laughs> Point in time, our marriage was largely sexless. And I'm like, well, what do you want a dating site for? Like a married, he wasn't just checking it out. I'm not that dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe I can get some action myself on here. <laughs> So did you tell so, him that you were joining too, or did you just do no, it? Oh, no. How long were you using the site before you met each other? Well, I think it was about uh, two years before. Oh, so um, quite a while. I've had uh, had two relationships in that time, and they were very good relationships for me. They were um, they really gave me some confidence that I was lacking going into that. And uh, I think the confidence I uh, was lacking because of the state of my marriage. I was on only for like a few weeks, I think. Oh, you were fresh. <laughs> well, sorry, that was the second time, right? Like the first time I was on for, I don't remember how long and met somebody and, and had an affair with them for three, four years and was off of it for a long time. At the end of my previous marriage, I got back on. Then we met pretty quickly. So you two are married now. What made you decide to leave your partners at the time and to marry each other? Well, we were both in very challenging situations. Uh, we were both heading towards separation. And really, it was just serendipitous that we happened to meet each other at that time in our lives when we were going our own separate ways in our marriages. So it wasn't because of each other that we separated from our spouses, but you know, they were just bad relationships. It just so happened the timing worked out really well. Why not end the relationship and then seek out a new partner? Why did you kind of like decide to pursue finding a, sa- a new partner at the same time? Well, I wasn't looking for a new partner for as a life partner. I was looking for someone to satisfy my sexual needs in a sexless marriage. And mm-hmm. so I wasn't looking for anyone permanently. It was really just a, an affair I was looking for. It, it just happened that, you know, we found each other and things clicked beyond what a normal affair would. And, uh, you know, we're happily ever after sort of thing. I'm just curious, at what point does an affair turn into an, a relationship? What Do you remember that moment when you thought, actually, this is more than just an affair? I do remember the moment. It was actually very quick, chatting probably for three weeks before we even met. And then six weeks after that, we were thinking this was something really serious. Um, and why Why was that? I think it was just a combination of everything. We had so much in common. We were coming from the similar backgrounds. We had similar kids' ages and, and similar lifestyles. And, it just, and, and we just uh, fell in love. It was something that was um, beyond what a normal sexual affair was all about. It was an emotional affair at that point. And how did you evolve your current relationship into an open marriage and you're both back on Ashley Madison? So (laughs) hours and hours and hours of 
of discussion and open communication about what we both wanted and what we both um, didn't want, which was to cheat on each other. So in our capacity, in our minds, um, the cheating piece is to have an emotional affair with somebody. Um, so, you know, he and I have that together and we don't have any room for that for anybody else. Um, mm -hmm. And so that would be the cheating piece and also the secrets and, and hiding that kind of stuff. The physical piece isn't for us cheating because it's just a physical you know, connection. We are not believers in monogamy in the traditional sense. Somebody coined it where you, <laughs> you're committed to your life partner, but you have um, fun relationships on the side. The idea of marrying somebody and having one sexual partner for the rest of your life is not the way we were built and not the way we were wired. That can quite easily lead to boredom and then affairs after that. Um, so we didn't want to get into that cycle of um, you know, marriage, boredom, fair, marriage, boredom affair so we said off the bat well, let's let's explore other people and keep things interesting and we can come home with stories and that spices up our sex life what is preventing the same thing happening again with your previous relationships where you could possibly find someone you have an emotional connection with and then end up with them that's another great question it really is um something that we've talked about a lot and that's why i think we um we have full disclosure in our relationship she knows what's going on in my fun relationship and, and I know what's going on in hers. But we're also going into these relationships knowing that we're not looking for a life partner. We're looking to enjoy the time we spend with these other people and that's it. It's a different mindset because we are so satisfied at home and we weren't before. Do you guys ever fear yeah. that you're going to fall into a sexless marriage with each other or is that a non-issue? Um, it's certainly something that we guard against. Like, you know, when we're busy, um, we have three adult children, some who are still partly at home, <laughs> partly <laughs> not. And it's, you know, it's a little hard to get some alone time. So, you know, we're very cautious about that and always want to make sure that we connect with each other because that's the most important piece. Like I will have, I will put off meetings if I don't feel like he and I are in a good place. Like and meetings with place, other. Meeting, like we haven't been physical with each other or, mm. you know, just like things aren't kosher at, at home. I'll, you know, postpone a meeting with somebody that I'm seeing because I don't want to upset the apple cart at home. Got mm. it. So you always prioritize your own relationship over these additional yeah, um, one's on Ashley Madison. We always hear that relationships that are born out of affairs tend to be rather fragile in the beginning because there is that PTSD element where you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm one, if I'm getting the itch to cheat again, or I'm identifying behaviors in my partner that I could see as cheating. What were some of those initial humps that you two had to get over, and how were you able to get over those? Yeah, so. He was amazing <laughs> because I had more of those fears than he did. Um, and he was just very always open with me. And all like, I still to this day thank him for just taking that time to be like, oh, you know, I've got this meeting. Yes, it's a true meeting. And no, it's not, you know, not with anybody else and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And so I didn't have any reason not to trust him. Um. And that's the one thing that we want to guard against as well for the open piece, because that saying, once a cheater, always, always a cheater, a cheater. we didn't yeah. want to be that person. <laughs> 
And yet we both identified within ourselves that that could possibly be a thing that, you know, the physical piece was big. I spent, you know, from 19 to 35 with my ex-husband who really wow. didn't like sharks. Wow. <laughs> and so I knew that there was more stuff I wanted to do out there. <laughs> right. and, and same with him, right? So he, you know, had a, a significant chunk of his life in a sexless marriage and he wanted to experience more. But why Ashley Madison? Like why use this site opposed to Tinder or any other dating app out there now that you guys are publicly open? Um, again, I think it's because of the we've got stuff to lose kind of thing. Um, and also the people on the other sites could be people we actually know. Mm. So just, just to clarify here, we are not actually publicly open. We're only open... No one, no one knows we're open other than right. we. Uh, Got it. We so yeah. Um, so we don't, we don't want this to be uh, common knowledge because it's, uh, it's a stigmatized relationship. Right, right, yeah. Right. And adult children, like just two, they're not far enough ahead in their life experiences to understand that kind of stuff. Yep. Right. Makes total sense. Just so, wrap yeah. up this conversation. What I'm learning from you two is that what you really did was establish baseline what cheating is. And then you said, okay, anything below that is not cheating. So you kind of kind of like redefined that word cheating. So whatever you're doing now on Ashley Madison isn't actually considered cheating in your relationship. Right. So like I said before, the typical Ashley Madison member is a married person seeking extramarital affairs. But did you know single people also use the site? And we spoke to one woman who is just that. She is single and strictly using Ashley Madison for dating. So tell us about why you joined Ashley Madison in the first place. Um, to be honest, joining it for me, I don't have to worry about a man getting attached to me because I'm a very independent woman. I like to take care of myself and I like to have my freedom. So how did you find out about the site in the first place? You know, when you Google dating sites, it was just one of the sites that pulled up. And are you currently on any of the other dating sites like Tinder or Bumble? No, I'm not. Oh. So are you exclusively on Ashley Madison? Yes, ma'am. And are are you in any sort of relationships with anybody you've met on Ashley Madison? No, not currently. I am not. Got it. And what are you ultimately looking for? Just companionship and friendship. Got it. And what has been like your relationship history up until then? Like what's kind of made you decide that you want to do this more for your purely physical and less of an emotional connection? I just, I have been single for like seven years and I've dated single men. I've dated married men. Maybe the married men are just able to give more attention. Interesting. They're able to give more attention. Can you explain that a little bit more? When you're with, when you spend time with them, when you're with them, you're going to get 100% of their attention of the time because you're not with them all the time. Oh, so you're kind of like the novelty for them. So when they're with you, every minute counts. Yes. Oh. You said that you've been single for the last seven years. Before then, were you in relationships? Yes, I was married. I was Got married. it. For how long? Um, six years. And do you want to get married again? No, I don't. Oh, why is that? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm so open-minded. I mean, when you love somebody or when you want to be with somebody, I'm at the point now that you can do that for more than one person. So you don't believe in monogamy. Right. Mm. Are you looking for long-term non-monogamous relationships or are you looking for more like casual encounters? 
I would like long ter- long term built upon friendship, but if there's not going to be a friendship, then maybe just a hookup. Ah, these married men on Ashley Madison, how have they reacted to you being single? Some have been surprised. I've had quite a few people question me too, to be mm-hmm. honest. They think that if I get their information and want to talk to them, I'm going to direct them to somewhere else to have them pay me oh, money. Oh, I was thinking scammers. Yeah. I was thinking even their wives could be oh. using you to catch them in the act. That's where my head went. I was thinking scamming for money. (laughs) But they're all scams. (laughs) So then they probably ask for some sort of justification, like, you're single. Why are you on Ashley Madison? What's sort of your standard answer to them? Yes, I get asked that quite a lot. And it's I tell them, you know, I like my freedom. I like to be able to go out, maybe have dinner, hook up, have a good time. And then after that, not worry about any attachments or them to try to be with me. They have their own life. And I have my own life. Got it. And do you have children? Yes, I do. Now, to be fair, just because a man is married doesn't mean that he won't get attached. We've also interviewed some people who've gotten married off of Ashley Madison. So do you actually vet them for that? If they, if you feel like they're looking for something more serious, do you end your conversations with them? Yes, because it needs to be talked about. Yeah. I tell them that I, this is not what I'm looking for. Like if this is what you're wanting to do, then we need, or you need to go, you know, somewhere else because Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not there in my life. So in the very beginning, I tell them that, yes, I'm not looking for anything serious. This is just, we're going to meet some friends. Uh huh. And you say friends a lot. Are you looking more for the companionship or for the sex or both? Um, I'm going to say both, but to be honest, the companionship is a little bit more. How long have you been on Ashley Madison? I've only been on it for about three months. Oh, okay, only three months. And how long have you been separated for, or divorced from your husband? Nine years. Okay, so a decent amount of time. So do you think this is sort of like the lifestyle you want to sustain for a long time? Or is this something that you're just trying out short term? If I'm okay with it, and if I'm meeting people and there's not any problems, then I'm going to continue it. Mm-hmm. Do people in your life know that you're on Ashley Madison? No, nobody, nobody knows. knows. Why hide it from them since you're not like hiding it from a spouse or anything? No, 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 no. I, I like to try to hide it from my son. Got it. I wouldn't want my son to know about oh. it. Got it. So do you share it with um, friends or no because of your son? I've only shared it with one friend. Got it. If you were on like Tinder, for example, would you also hide that because of your son or would you be more open to sharing that? I would pro- I would be more open. Have you ever encountered someone you know, <laughs> maybe like a neighbor or a former coworker? No, not yet. I mean, I say not yet, but no, I haven't. Got it. What do you like the best about the site? With Ashley Madison, I feel as though it's like there's an understanding. You already go there knowing exactly what it is, what lines are going to be crossed and what lines are not going to be. Hmm. What is it like being the other woman? What is that feeling like? Um... I try not to think about it, to be honest. I'm not trying to jeopardize. I'm not even trying to get in that level. I'm just trying to maybe talk somebody, maybe have some sex, and that'll be it. It's like the less that I know about them and the, their life, then I don't have to think about it. That sounds very it. transactional. Yeah. Get in, get out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also kind of empowering. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any affairs when you were married or is this kind of a first time Thing post-divorce? 
Um, no. Also, I have been in the swinger lifestyle, so that made me more open-minded to the sexual part of doing this with married men. Do you remember a pivotal moment or something may have happened for you to think, you know what? I'm going to date married men. What Do you remember that moment? Kind of. Um, basically what it is, you get that attraction. And I guess it's, it's being selfish, but it's like, I feel it and I know he's feeling it. I mean, you just act upon it without thinking about it. And what is it like for married men to have an affair with a single woman? Have they disclosed any of that to you? Like what, what is the benefit they're getting? I mean, they're just getting sex. They're not, they're not getting their needs met at home. Mm -hmm. Is that what you commonly hear? Is that they're in sexless marriages? They're at a, at a point where they don't want to be with their wives all the time. And that's why they're going on on dates with you? Yeah, that's about 95% of what I hear. Ah, what's the other 5%? Yeah. Okay, so the 95% is about the sex. The 5% is they just want somebody to talk to. Oh, yeah. The companionship, the connection. Yeah. Do you think mm-hmm. that they're also in sexless marriages, that other 5%? Yes. So it's like 100%. Like <laughs> They're all in sexless marriages. <laughs> At least from the people that's you've a, talked to. That's a common denominator. Do you, I yeah. would assume that at some point you probably turn into a, almost like a therapist for some of them too. Have you found that to be true? Yeah. I try. I mean, I'll listen to them. I don't want to get involved, but I mean, if they're going to talk to me, I'm going to listen. Right. Yeah. Where do you usually meet for your rendezvous? I usually go like to a coffee shop, Starbucks. That's just, I mean, that's just the first meeting. And then after the second meeting, then we'll go to a hotel. Okay. Usually at a hotel then. Do you ever invite them over to your home? No, Mm. I don't like people knowing where I live. Mm. And do you ever tell them your real name? Once in a blue moon, but not, no, I really don't. I don't like people knowing my, where I work at, where I live or my real name. Got it. It's almost like the opposite of dating where you have that date talk on a first date. You know, you want to get to know everything about that person. But for you, it's like, no, no, no. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. I want to know anything. (laughs) Let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the sex. (laughs) (laughs) It's only been three months, but what's been one of the most memorable experiences you've had from the site? I get a lot of messages. I get a lot of mail, maybe just like all the compliments that they give me. And I don't want to say that I don't enjoy it, but sometimes it's kind of overwhelming. But that's just one of the memorable experiences because I'm getting a lot of messages. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried like a Match.com or eHarmony before? Oh my God, years ago. Okay. Years ago. And wasn't that kind of your experience too? Just getting, being bombarded with messages? Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, so this is just across the is board. Is it different on Ashley Madison or is it similar to that? It, it's different. Ashley's Madison it, I, is more sexual. Yeah, so, oh. that's what I was going to guess. I wanted to. Right, because it's more acceptable right. to have a more aggressive more first message. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Is there a particular fantasy that you are hoping to fulfill through being a member of Ashley Madison? I want the men to be enjoying themselves, to have a good time, and to make them happy when they're with me. You know, that's all I want. Single people out there who may be curious about joining the site, if you were to give them some advice on how to start and things to watch out for, what would you say to them? I think you have to be mature about it, to know what you're getting yourself into because there might be a bad situation. Mm. It can turn around and 
being fun. You can have a good time and meet a lot of men that want to spend time with you, Mm -hmm. you know? So with all those stories, all those perspectives, we've heard the whole spectrum of why people cheat, why people use Ashley Madison, what they're hoping to get out of it. Mm -hmm. What are some of our takeaways, Julie? There's so much. (laughs) I mean, I think this was enlightening. I think I always thought of it like cheating, the people that would go to a site that's dedicated to cheating. I would always think there was like a sex first mentality, but I was actually very surprised to hear that a lot of it was very emotional. Obviously, people were looking for sex, but I think it was filling that emotional void. Like we heard a few people that just were in sexless marriages for years or the one woman where her husband basically just didn't even look at her and acknowledge her. Even the single member just Mm -hmm. like saying like she really just wanted attention from different men and just like really like dating married men because they gave her their full attention. So I feel like there was a lot of just personal fulfillment that happened, not just from sex, but from like the whole experience and what they were getting from it. It's there's no one profile. No, you kind of think of like back in the day when cheating was so looked down upon, you think of this profile, slimy person who's, you know, looking to just have sex and then go back to their wives and like act like nothing happened. But that's not the case. There are so many reasons for why people cheat, but kind of the common denominator seems to be just overall dissatisfaction in their marriages, in their relationships. The loneliness while you're in a relationship just boggles my mind. I've been there. It's the worst place to be. It's the loneliest you'll ever feel. So I think for a lot of these people, it's not just about sex. It's about companionship. It's about someone who understands what they're going through. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of our listeners are single Um, A lot of the people we spoke with have been married for years. A lot of them met their significant others at like 19, 20 years old, like very young in their life. And I think sometimes I know I felt this before as a single person in your 30s, you're just like, why hasn't it happened for me yet? Like all this stuff. But I think this is a really good perspective that the grass is always greener too. And just because like you feel like you need a relationship to be happy, that's not going to always make you happy. You need to get happy on your own. And I also feel like with cheating, we are very quick to judge other people for cheating. How could he do that to her? How could she do that to her husband? But if, I mean, we're not meant to be monogamous. I do, uh, I do agree with Dr. Tammy. I don't think we're innately monogamous people. So if we are in a monogamous relationship and we have that temptation to cheat, I think the first thing we need to do is observe what is happening. Why Mm -hmm. do I have these temptations? Am I unhappy in my relationship or am I unhappy with myself? Am I going through something or are there changes in my life that I need to tackle first before I act upon something that could hurt someone else in my life, someone I care deeply in my life? And the the second takeaway I have is you really have to be on the same page with what cheating is. You yeah. and your partner, you can't just expect them to know what you think is cheating because you haven't communicated that. I remember my ex-boyfriend and I, he really didn't think being on a dating app and actively speaking to women was cheating. He thought it was purely platonic and it was fun to get attention from women. To me, it really hurt me because right. I felt like in my eyes that was cheating. So two people have to get on the same page at the very beginning of a relationship. And I think the very third takeaway I have is relationships are constantly evolving and there's no black and white. It's not like if I cheat on my husband, that 
marriage is over. Right. Sometimes we do things to test the relationship in our own mind, change it to have it evolve and see what works for us. And every configuration is different. Everybody's relationship is different. So you just have to find out what works best for you. But you have to have that kind of baseline integrity. Like, how do I push the boundaries without hurting someone? I think we asked a couple people too of like, why didn't you just leave? Like, Mm -hmm. why cheat? And I think that was the one takeaway for me is like, easy as like a single person that doesn't have any dependence that it's like, oh yeah, just leave. Yeah, just get out of there. Financially stable, all of that. But like some people have children, they have financial obligations. Like who knows what could be some of the reasons But it's not just all about them and what's best for them. Like they're thinking of a greater good too. Right. And I think there was a comment that was made too. It's like, yeah, it's really hard to find someone that does check all the boxes. Like is a good roommate, is a good father or mother, Mm -hmm. like sexual and someone that like shows you affection. So like I can't really judge because I haven't been with someone for 20 years. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to be like because I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. So I think to your point about like it's easy to judge people. It's like when we heard these stories stories of just going home and feeling so lonely. It's like, that's not what you would stereotypically think of when you think of cheating, the person that would cheat. Right. And just for the record, I do not promote cheating. I don't think it's best for anybody's relationship. But I do believe that you have to be in a mindset that whoever you find outside of your relationship is not necessarily better than your partner. Maybe they add to your relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's when you open up your relationship or marriage. And that's not cheating. I'm cheating because I'm I think there's someone better out there for me. That's probably the most dangerous place to be. Right. Like you said, the grass may not be greener. You can't look for someone else to save your relationship. But if you're thinking this is a way to add flavor into my relationship and it makes me love my partner more then the polyamorous or open relationship route is what you should think about exploring. Well, I think that's really good to bring up too, is we've actually had this discussion outside of Ashley Madison, but it just feels like this day and age, there's less cheating going on of our generation. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the people we spoke to were a generation above us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in our day and age, people are just more gun shy to commit in the first place. Mm -hmm. Or there's this whole like movement of like ethical non-monogamy. And I think that whole piece is like this notion that people aren't necessarily meant to be monogamous, but half the problem with cheating is this like betrayal that happens. So like if we could still accept that our like primal instinct isn't necessarily to be with one person and one person isn't going to do it all for us. Uh, but we can remove that betrayal, there's mm-hmm. a healthier side of at least that communication that's happening. And that constant communication, constant updating is so important in, in a relationship. I've actually spoken to quite a few couples who are in couples counseling right now. And this is a typical scenario is one one person is unhappy and has been unhappy for a long time, hasn't told the other person, building up all this resentment, right. and they go to therapy and it end up exploding in their face because it's that lack of communication and built up resentment. We have to keep each other updated on how we're feeling. If we're happy, if we're unhappy, keep each other updated so there are no surprises and you're not building up that resentment. So we actually had this training at work about feedback. And I think actually this was meant obviously in a business context, but I think it really applies to relationships. It was like, you have to do it in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. If you wait 
two months after something happened, people, one, just don't necessarily, it's not top of mind anymore. Mm -hmm. It also feels like you've been like resenting and building up and like harboring this information. So I think the the feedback of the feedback training was to basically (laughs) tell people kind of as soon as possible in a way that is kind of open and inviting. And I think that is like great advice for relationships too, because I think, again, like I don't want to judge other people because I'm not in their relationship, but Mm -hmm. I think like the more we can just communicate up front and like keep those lines of communication open. I think that's something that like is so important in relationships that we're kind of all like trying to really grab onto because we weren't taught these skills. Mm -hmm. Then I think that could be a way that like, could prevent some of this from festering and leading to something greater like cheating. Yeah, absolutely. End of the day, you do you. you. Judgment free. <laughs> Judgment free. You find out what works best for you because you know yourself the best. Right. I think that's one thing. There's no shortage of options these days. So that's, that's for sure. So many different ways of doing a relationship. Cool. All right. We'll wrap this up. It's been a great conversation. Thank you to the people at Ashley Madison for finding us these members and for openly talking about their experiences. If you have your own personal experience with cheating, we'd love to have you as a guest on our show. As you heard from many of the guests that we had on this episode, they felt like there was no open forum to talk about this topic. And that's probably why it becomes even more stigmatized because there's like mystery built around it. If we have a more open forum, maybe there'll be less cheating and more communication. With that said, we'll wrap this up. Stay dateable. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Datable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag Stay Datable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.